Hey everyone, and a very warm welcome to Grow Your Own Way, a podcast for anyone looking to reclaim the power of their own personal growth and be exactly who they want to be. I'm your host, Kevin Roberts, and I am a coach, learning and development professional, and growth geek who genuinely gets joy out of helping people become the best versions of themselves. Throughout this podcast, we aim to give everyone the belief that there is no one right way to grow, and hopefully we will inspire and motivate people to forge their own paths and in turn live a life that is true to them. Today's episode focuses on the relationship between the belief we have in our potential and the results that we see daily. We will explore the belief and success cycle, and I will share some top tips that have been effective in changing people's attitudes to their own potential for success. So if you're ready, let's get started. So today's episode was inspired by a TV program that I watched recently, which was called The Last Dance on Netflix. Now, for those who have not seen it, uh, firstly, it's amazing, so I'd recommend it to anyone, Uh, but it's about Michael Jordan and his time with the Chicago Bulls in the 90s. And and as I was much younger, I remember the the 90s Bulls, and I think I've still got a team vest tucked away somewhere, but I remember how great that team was, and Michael Jordan especially. But back then, I just put it down to the fact that he he was just born with the talent, that he was just this God's-given talent that he must have had. But I think what I was just too young to appreciate back then was his, almost his work ethic, his approach to the game, his attitude. Uh, and watching the program back, it was clear that there was so much more about him than just his talent. And I think the, the biggest part that I, I was able to see, it was all about his belief. And it was his belief that he was the greatest player on the planet, his belief that he could win every game and his own potential, and his belief that his team could be the best around and the best there ever was. And that got me thinking to a topic for, for a podcast. So I started to look for, for more and more examples of where this just unrelenting belief has really impacted and led to people's successes. So if you stick to sports, you see the likes of Tiger Woods, uh, Floyd Mayweather, the, the Williams sisters. They all had this genuine belief and still do that they are going to win. I say they believe in themselves. But if you go away from the sporting world, you have the likes of Donald Trump, whose unwavering belief that he was going to be president, got him through. Uh, Lady Gaga said from the age of 14 that she always knew that she would perform at Madison Square Garden. Um, And Jennifer Lawrence uh, has always said that she always knew and always believed that she would be famous. But then bring that closer to home as well. Uh, And I guarantee that each of us have people in our lives that always seem to succeed. Anything they try, they just seem to be good at naturally, no matter if they've been doing it for 20 years or 20 seconds. And that common thread throughout all of those examples there, when you kind of look at actually what do they have in common? What's the one thread that goes all the way through? And I generally feel that it is the belief in their own potential. So today I wanted to kind of share some thoughts about how how I see that that works or how it happens, how our belief in our own potential can have such a huge impact on our success and why. Um, so to do this, I'm going to talk through a, a model that I think was created by Tony Robbins. I'm not sure if it has a name, but for the sake of this episode, I'm going to refer to it as the belief and success cycle. And the reason I call it that is because it does exactly what it says on the tin. It is a cycle that shows a direct link between our self-belief and the success we see. And if you can just imagine, it's a circle that has four points around it, which are all connected. Uh, and they are called uh, belief, potential, action, and results. The cycle is all interlinked and they all knock on from each other. So it suggests that the belief that you have impacts your potential, 
which then impacts the action you take, which then impacts your results, which then impacts your belief and so on. And the cycle repeats over and over. And it's those connections that I wanted to talk about. I think it's safe to say that we are all familiar with the connection between actions and results. So the actions that we take or how much action that we take will have a direct impact on the results that we see. I think we can all agree that, so it's not necessarily any need to go into that connection. But what I would like to do is go back a step and actually identify, well, what impacts the amount of action that we take or the type of action that we take? And on this cycle, it is our potential. Now, I think we're all familiar with the word potential, and we've all heard phrases like, uh, so-and-so has the potential to succeed, the potential to get to the top. They have untapped potential, unlimited potential. So it suggests the more potential that we have, the higher the chance of our success. Sounds simple enough, doesn't it, really? However, what I would like to address here is this really strange notion that some people have potential and others don't. Now, we hear that often enough, and it just washes over us. We don't really give it a second thought. We just take it for what it is. But when we hold on a sec and say, well, what does the word potential actually mean? It actually really highlights how nonsensical that thought pattern is. So the definition of the word potential is having the capacity to develop or having hidden skills that may be developed into future success. So in short, potential means the capacity to develop. Now, surely every single one of us has the capacity to develop, don't we? By saying that only certain people have the potential to succeed, we are saying there are people out there who cannot develop or they're unable to improve or succeed. Now, I cannot be the only person who thinks that's rubbish. Uh, I am a firm, genuine believer that we all have unlimited potential, or in other words, we all have unlimited scope to develop, to improve, to succeed. So if that's true then, and we all have the same capability to develop, that means we all have the same potential. And if we're all on a level playing field there, what's the difference? What is the difference between those who reach the top and those don't? What's the difference between those who always tend to succeed no matter what they try? And this model suggests that it starts with belief. Belief is that step that directly impacts how much potential we think we have. So in theory, belief is the step that actually impacts the entire cycle. If we have a set belief about our potential, that perception then dictates how much action we take or the level of action that we take, which then dictates our results. And when you think about that, you go back to a few old sayings that always seem to ring true. So if we think we are going to succeed, the chances are that we will. Uh, if we think that we're going to fail, chances are that we will fail. Um, remember the Henry Ford quote, whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. And it's exactly that. Your brain will listen to exactly what you tell it. If you keep saying that you cannot achieve something or you're going to fail, your brain will agree and your brain will then limit your capability. If you tell your brain you're going to fail, it will look for ways to make that come true. And that's the theory of this cycle. The reason it's a cycle is because this is not just a one-off thought pattern. And this is really important. You don't just say, I can't do this, then you fail and that's it. What will happen if you remember your results will then feed into your belief. So the more that you tell yourself you can't do something, you'll see those results and that will just reaffirm your initial belief. It is a self-fulfilling prophecy. So that's why I'm really passionate about this cycle. And that's why you see when we talk about those who generally succeed and always seem to succeed, it's because they start with that positive approach. They believe that they will succeed. 
So the entire cycle will feed into positive results, which then reaffirms their belief and it continues and continues and continues. Now to try and bring this to life, some of you may be agreeing with me and nodding along. Some of you may need a little bit more persuading. Uh, So I've got a story that will hopefully get you over the line and it is the story of the four minute mile. Now, the four-minute mile was the holy grail of athletics for well over 60 years. It was the one thing that athletes craved. They wanted to be the first one to run a mile in four minutes or less. Um, And when you look at reports, I think there's, there's evidence of people trying to achieve this all the way back in 1886. However, no one could. No one could achieve this feat. But why? Well, some people thought that it was just beyond the realms of possibility. Some people would say that the human body was just not capable of that. Uh, some people would blame the conditions. It had to be perfect conditions, uh, which I think was listed as 20 degrees Celsius with no wind on a dry, hard track with a packed audience to really kind of spur you on. So if that was the starting belief, that's the belief that everyone had and all these athletes had, that no one had really had the potential to run this four minute mile, you can guess what the results were going to be. How much action would they take? How much confidence would they have? How much would they really push themselves? People started with the belief that this four-minute mile was impossible. So for 70 years, no one managed it. And that was until May 6th, 1954, where on a cold day on a wet track in Oxford, about 1,200 supporters witnessed a 25-year-old medical student called Roger Bannister do the unthinkable. He ran the mile in three minutes, 59.4 seconds. He did it. He broke the four-minute mark and he proved everyone wrong who'd been saying that no this this was impossible this could never be done and this was really big news massive news at the time papers all across the world printed it including i think there's evidence of the new york times running with the story as well and one of the reasons that i really love this story is not just because someone broke a physical record yes that is amazing but because he smashed a psychological one for nearly 70 years people had been trying to achieve this feat but kept falling short And the moment Roger Bannister crossed that line, people's belief changed. It was no longer a myth. It was no longer had to be about the perfect conditions or beyond the realms of the human body. People's belief about their potential changed. And proof of the impact that that had became evident in what followed. So just 46 days later, an Australian runner called John Landy ran the mile in three minutes, 58. So after nearly 70 years of no one doing it, it only took 46 more days for someone else to break that four-minute barrier. A year later, if you fast forward, three people did it in the same race. Um, in 1975, John Walker, who's a, a runner from New Zealand, uh, was the first to run the mile in under three minutes 50. And since that record was broken, nearly 1,500 runners have broken the four-minute barrier. And I think the world record sits at three minutes 43 seconds. Now, I absolutely love that story, and it really kind of impacts the, the, the belief cycle that I'm talking about. For 70 years, people believed that this was not possible. But as soon as someone showed them that it was, everyone was able to change the way they act. They were able to train differently. They were able to really push their bodies because they knew if they put in the effort, took the right action, they too could get this desired result. And hopefully what that does is that brings together the cycle for you. Now, you may be sat there thinking, oh, that's that's great. It's wonderful for sports people, um, but I have nothing to do with sports. So how can I benefit from that cycle? And that is a good question. It's a very good question to ask. So I will respond uh, with my own questions. So I just want you to consider the following for me. So have you ever not tried something 
because you didn't think you were good enough? Have you ever let fear of failure hold you back? Have you gone into something knowing that you were going to lose or fail? Uh, have you not applied for a job because you just didn't think you'd be able to do it? And have you ever said the words, I'd love to be able to do X, but I can't because of Y? Now, if you've answered yes to any of those, then this cycle can work for you. And the part that I'd love to focus on specifically is to change your beliefs. That is the part to hack. Because once you start to alter the belief that you have in your potential, everything else changes. The actions that you begin to take, the results that you see will all change for the better. So now the burning question, hopefully, is how do we hack it? Um, now, I'm not saying it as simple as just saying, well, actually, yes, I can do it. I'm not that naive to think that that's all it is. Instead, it is a culmination of smaller steps. Like I say this is a, a, a big mindset shift. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to share some of my top tips uh, that I've used in coaching sessions that, that have helped people in the past. Uh, but of course, you are absolutely free to do your own research. There is a lot of great work out there, lots of great books, um, and just find any steps that work for you. Uh, but my first, my, my first tip for you, I suppose, is to identify the cause of your limiting beliefs. So at times we can really talk down our ability without even thinking about it. We just do it just on autopilot. So I challenge you, so the next time you answer yes to those questions I've said, or the next time that you are in a situation and you just instantly think, I can't do that, there's no way I'll be able to, just press pause for a second and really question yourself. So what are the causes for that thought you've just had? Why do you think that you are going to fail or that you can't do it? Is it because you've tried before? And, and you failed every time you attempt it, you just, you, you lose. Or are you comparing yourself to someone else? Have, have you seen what someone else is succeeding and what they're doing and you're measuring yourselves against them? Maybe someone's told you that you can't. Let's <laughs> say so they, they've just been open and said, no, you are going to fail. Or you may even realize that you can't actually come up with a reason. It could just be your own mind lying to you because you're reacting on autopilot. But no matter what you come up with, the, the very first tip that I always give is just really identify what is causing your blockers. Once you know those blockers, that can then lead on to my second tip, which is all about putting those limiting beliefs on trial. Now, this sounds a bit weird, but bear with me. This is an idea that came from, uh, it was what someone shared with me after a CBT session or cognitive behavioral therapy session. They told me about it and I thought it was wonderful. And what it is, is, is when you get a, a limiting belief or a negative thought, imagine that you had to try and prove that thought in court. So when you think about it, it's like, okay, if you had to prove beyond reasonable doubt that what you are saying is true, what evidence would you have to actually back that statement up? And it's an interesting thought to have because when we just say, I think I'm going to fail, you have to then really try and prove it. And you're not proving it to a court in real life. You're just proving it to yourself. And what makes this, this tip really interesting is when you take the other side of the argument. So you actually try to disprove that almost in a court of law again. Just try tearing it down. It is, I say, it is almost like arguing with yourself. Um, if I, I give you an example to bring this to life. So say, for example, your limiting belief was, I'm never going to be able to run a 10K. That, that's what you think. And you've said it for, I don't know, a year, five years, 10 years. You've always said that. So using these two tips... The very first thing would be say, well, why do you think that? And you may come up with responses like, uh, I've tried before, I only managed to run 2K. Uh, I've seen the people that do 10Ks, they're so much healthier than I am, they're in so much better shape than I am. I'm not a runner, I don't have the physique of a runner, uh, I'm not naturally fit or I'm never motivated. 
And these are all genuine reasons that people use for not running a 10K. And I'm not going to lie, I've used a couple of those myself. So that's the, that's the first tip. Just identify all of the, all of the reasons for your, your limiting beliefs. So then the second part is, okay, now take that to court. Take that thought. I will never be able to run a 10K to court. And you have to prove beyond reasonable doubt that that is true. And I promise you now, if you try to do that, you will struggle, especially when you begin to cross-examine those points. So yes, you said, I don't look like a runner. So the response to that is, well, does every 10K runner look the same? Or can you actually find evidence of people of all shapes and sizes of all ages running 10Ks and further? If you said for someone, actually, I, I just can't do it. Well, when was the last time you trained? Have you joined a running club? Do you have the right equipment? How often have you set targets? And the more questions you begin to ask yourself, you actually begin to see an awful lot of holes appearing in your limiting beliefs. And that's the goal. That's what we want to do is to find out, actually, is my belief right? Or have I just built this this wall up or these blockers up? It's almost like a protection to say that I can get out of jail free and just say I can't do it. So it's a fascinating couple of steps to follow there. And I really do recommend trying them. Once you do those two steps, then you can move forward if you want to, of course. Um, there are people who will do those two. And even though they can kind of disprove the argument, they they just don't care. They say, oh, well, OK, yeah, maybe I could. I just don't want to. But at least that's a different thought process there. You've gone from I can't to I don't want to. And that's two very, very different approaches to have. So once you do know, actually, here's all the holes. Maybe I do want to try this activity. Uh, the third tip is just identify what you need to be able to succeed. Now, the reason I say this is people will often say, yeah, maybe I could. I just don't know how. And that's the end of the line. They'll just stop there because they don't know how they don't try. But always make sure, okay, if this is something that I could possibly do, how would I go about that? And yes, you can do many things there. Are, you can get a coach, you can get a mentor, you can get a SWOT analysis, all of these wonderful things. But the question you're just trying to answer is, what do I need in order to be able to achieve this? So this could be uh, looking for resources or knowledge, skills, support. It could be looking for evidence that someone like you has achieved this in the past. There are many different things, but all you need to do is just look for uh, the plethora of options that will enable you to succeed. Once you start thinking that way, that will put you on the path to success because you have fundamentally changed your mindset from, I cannot do this, I will never be able to do this, all the way across to, okay, here's a list of things that would make it possible. And that's the transition. And that's what we're looking for when we talk about belief, because this new list of things that you need to succeed is now saying, well, actually, then I have the potential to succeed. So there's the first three there. So identifying the cause of your limiting beliefs, put those limiting beliefs on trial, and then identify what you need to be able to succeed. Now, my fourth tip is, is almost an overarching one. So this is once you've kind of started that process, uh, it's just something to always think to really kind of motivate you to success. And this is genuinely one of my favorites because it really kind of strengthens your ability to believe in your potential. And that is to visualize success. Now, this may sound a little cliche, but I cannot stress how effective this is. I really can't. When you hear stories of, of people who always knew they would succeed, they reference visualization. I think Conor McGregor is a fantastic example of this. Um, he talks about like when he was living in a car, he could always visualize the fact that he was going to be this champion, stood in a stadium with people cheering, holding the belt up high. And that is visualization at its core. Now, when I talk about visualization, it's more than just being positive or just thinking positively. When I say visualization, 
What I mean is put yourself in the moment of your success. So imagine what that looks like, what it feels like, what it sounds like, what emotions you will have. If you want to run a marathon, for example, imagine the feeling as you cross the line, the sound of the crowd, the sight of your loved ones cheering you on, the weight of the medal. And when you can actually begin to visualize all of those successes and how good it will feel, that will alter your belief because your brain is now thinking, yes, that is a goal. We can get there. We can do it together. And try it now. I, I give you, it's, it's a great exercise to try now. Just try it with anything. Um, if you want to uh, run a 10K or when you get a new job, start your own business, own your own house, anything you want to achieve, just close your eyes and imagine yourself meeting those goals. How does it feel? And what I would like to do is anytime you think about your belief or your potential, just use those feelings, use those images, those sounds that really drive you forward. And I promise you that visualization is so much stronger than any limiting belief you can have. So there we go. There are my top tips on beginning to change your own belief and success cycle. There are there are lots more support you can. It's not just as simple as, as four tips, but hopefully they give you a great start. Um, when you talk about goal setting or, or creating new habits, there is an incredible amount of work out there. Um, and if there is interest enough, we can always explore that on later episodes. But before I finish, I just wanted to just share one final thought about how to really make the most of this or, or hacking your belief. And that would be to make sure that you really celebrate your successes. So one of the best ways to eradicate negative thoughts about your own ability or your potential is to highlight when you achieve goals, when you achieve something. So really make a big deal out of it. It doesn't matter how small or how small you think they are. Just be sure to recognize when you have taken positive action, any positive action, and just really take a moment to recognize that. Because every time you do that, you'll slowly chip away at that limiting belief, that little thought in your mind that is telling you you can't. And this overwhelming evidence that you can really, really does begin to change your belief about your own potential, which will cause positive action. In turn, will make sure that you get more positive results. And the whole point about this, this belief is to get your belief success cycle on a positive spin, really create a positive self-fulfilling prophecy. And when your cycle begins to turn in that way and you have genuine faith in what you can do in your own success and your own future, the difference it will make is incredible. And you'll just get this new lease of life that will really enable you to grow your own way. So that brings us to the end of this episode and I hope you enjoyed it. Everything that we spoke about today is knowledge and information that I've used in my coaching sessions and I truly believe in it all. Uh, And the great thing is I've seen so many positive changes in the people around me. Uh, So if you do take these points on board, I I really hope they have the same impact for you. Of course, I would love to hear from you. So if you have any feedback or you want to share any positive stories, please reach out to me. I love hearing from you. I actually had a couple of lovely messages this week. So it's nice to know that this podcast is helping people. Uh, Feel free to reach out and connect with me on LinkedIn to let me know your comments. And if you are enjoying this podcast, please rate it and even leave a review on your podcast host of choice. And be sure to remember to subscribe to make sure that you are the first to know when new episodes are released. But for now, I'd like to say thank you very much for listening. Uh, I'm always honored when people take time out to tune in. Uh, I hope that you all stay safe and well, and I will speak to you on the next episode of Grow Your Own Way. Goodbye. Goodbye.